And welcome back to another episode of the Preschool Pioneers Podcast. I am your host, Reverend Jeremy Walker, and uh, we're glad to have you back. We're going to be discussing today the subject of understanding the source of health and disease prevention. We're going to go ahead and get started today. There's been a lot of talk about health lately, inside and outside of schools. Coronavirus is everywhere, this being March 2020. Coronavirus scares grip the nation. And people are very concerned about health and contagion and viruses and everything in between. And they don't seem to have a, a grasp on what to believe and not believe, what they think, what they don't think. So this entire podcast episode is going to be devoted to that concept understanding the true source of health, how that relates to education, to schools, and, of course, we're going to be talking about some practicality, about disease prevention, things like that. Well, if you didn't know it, and this might be shocking, but some people have the idea that Christians hate science. For some reason, we have faith, and they have facts, and science is on the side of facts, and we have angels. We have prayer. But somehow we're a bunch of bumbling morons who don't know how to properly live in the world and we hate science. Well, that's all stupid. Just ridiculous. I'm going to start sharing with you some of the stuff that I see via social media and things. Because people basically just like to talk and they like to just make commentary. For some reason, the as Christianity's influence has waned throughout the world. So has common courtesy. Uh, so has people's ability to be polite to each other. Now, snide, snippy comments are the order of the day, especially on social media. So I got one for you. And I think I'll start sharing these just to see a little bit of what happens whenever Christianity loses its influence and starts to wane in a society. And uh, you lose these things. And... They don't know why. Well, it's simple. Without a God, without a law, without morality, do what you want. Nobody can tell you otherwise. Well, let's start with this comment that I got from somebody. They shared a little meme, an image of a child sitting at a table praying, hands folded, head bowed. And the comment says, children should spend less time praying and more time on science and mathematics. Take faith and religion out of schools and give our children a proper education. This ties into the whole coronavirus and health and safety and disease prevention because for some reason they think if you're a Christian, you hate science. You don't like mathematics. You're not going to give a proper education to people because you have faith and you have religion and you have a sense of morality just so stupid. It's just moronic, these ideas, that somehow, for some reason, Christians hate science. Well, moving into our topic, I want to start with a biblical passage. I have a lot to talk about. But let's go ahead and start with Deuteronomy 
7, and it goes through 11 through 15. There are two different perspectives in the world, at least especially currently. One is that there is no God, there is no such thing as creation, and therefore everything is evolved, evolutionary, blind, and chaotic. And there is no purpose, and therefore there can be no confidence, no security, uh, and there can be uh, no one who has any solace that everything's going to be okay. Christianity says otherwise, and uh, besides just saying otherwise, there is a God, there is a purpose. All things are moving towards a predetermined end. Uh, these people have don't have that, and therefore the coronavirus and all such things uh, are a very big scare to them. Well, let's start Deuteronomy 7, 11 through 15. Quote, Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments, and the statutes, and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb, and the fruit of thy land, thy corn, and thy wine, and thine oil, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep, and the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male or female barren among you, or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but will lay them upon all those that hate thee. Unquote. Deuteronomy 7, 11 through 15. Now, the Bible paints a different picture than the chaotic evolutionist does. Now, this obviously, just to put it very clearly, stipulates uh, God's blessing. It's not just something that God gives. It's something that is dependent. It's something that is covenantal. Something that you have to do something in order to gain certain protections. Go outside of those certain protections, uh, problems happen. Which, of course, later on in Deuteronomy, God does give the opposite version of this, which says he will not bless them, not give them children, will not multiply them, will place the diseases upon them, so forth and so on. But that's not our focus at the moment. When we're discussing here the concept of understanding the source of health, there are two different outlooks. One is very pessimistic. One is optimistic. I just gave you the Christian's outlook on, on things that it, the Bible declares a God who is all-powerful and all-knowing and can do what he wants, when he wants, any time that he wants. That includes, of course, sickness and disease, all under control, all used for a predetermined purpose. It can be used for a blessing. It can be used for a curse, but all for a purpose. None of it uh, without purpose. None of it chaotic. N none of it out of control. Now, we don't always understand that. Go to the book of Job, for instance. Some people like to paint the picture of Christianity that everything is hunky-dory-doo, everything's blessings and cupcakes and rainbows and let's clap together. Jesus loves everybody. 
Well, that's not how things work. You don't understand your Bible very well. And these are what what I love. R.J. Rushdoony has a great way of turning a phrase. But he called these types of people spiritual idiots. Uh, the people that have the Bible but don't really read it, don't really understand it. So let's not be spiritual or theological idiots with don't actually read our Bible. But we do have what God says. And it's very clear, diseases and these types of things are not out of control. Well, let's go and read the opposite version. I like and have pulled Richard Dawkins. And Richard Dawkins has a lot of great quotes because he's a very famous atheist or person who does not believe in a god of any sorts. Or at least he claims he doesn't, of course. But one of his quotes is this. Quote, in a universe of electrons and selfish genes, blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt. Other people are going to get lucky. And you won't find any rhyme or reason to it, nor any justice. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties that we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. Unquote. Richard Dawkins. See, the two things are in complete antithesis to each other. On the one side, you have Richard Dawkins, who is purposefully saying that at bottom, there's no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. See, for people like this, they look around the world and they do see suffering. There's no debate about it. There is suffering. There is cataclysms. There are storms that ravage the planet on a daily basis. There are viruses and sicknesses that stricken people, specifically, individually, and also on larger scales and even nations. Just, just go through and destroy and wipe out peoples. Now, for Dawkins, he believes and wants to believe that at bottom, that there is no design and no purpose. Because for him, for God to do these things, to allow such things, for God to allow suffering, death, cataclysms, destruction, wars, famines, for him, he would say, how dare you? How dare you? If you have all the power and could speak things into existence, then according to people such as Dawkins and others, he would have the responsibility, if he was a good God, that he was going to give everything to mankind. No suffering, no death, no diseases. And to do anything other than that, for people like Dawkins and otherwise, for them to find fault with him, to put God to the test, to say if you strict people with sickness and disease, if you allow cataclysms to happen, when with the simple word, you could stop it. How dare you? 
See, they like to point out and find fault with God rather than view their own problems and see where their fault lies or mankind's faults lie. Now, Job is a famous character in the Bible. He was the richest man in his area at the time. And then all of a sudden, in one day, he lost 10 children due to a whirlwind. We could call it a tornado. He lost all of his wealth due to people who were dominating the area, warfare of sorts. They came in and stole everything. And then he also lost his health, where he had boils head to toe, scratching porous, pus-filled boils on his head to the bottom of his foot. Every single person turned from him, and his wife was so distraught and upset, said, just curse God and die. And the entire book of Job, go read it for yourself, covers this question about why does God allow bad things to happen? If you've never read the book of Job, that's the one you need to read. It solves these questions that Dawkins and others raise because they say that there is no purpose in design because if there was a purpose in design and somebody did these things on purpose, how dare you, you evil wretch, you horrible person. See, there's no, there's no discussion to be had about what man is responsible for. Their only question is, is what is God responsible for? And so, he's much happier, Dawkins and more, to say that the universe is, has pitiless indifference. So when such things as health scares and coronaviruses come around, they want to say that every single person is at risk. And every single person should be scared. And it's pitiless indifference. There is no purpose behind these things. There's no stopping them. There's no controlling them. These things are just going to run amok and could potentially wipe out the planet. Because after all, there is no purpose. There is no design, no good, no evil. Just pitiless indifference. See, the reason why this is important is because these same types of people are in control of the vast majority of the education that happens specifically here in the United States. Evolution is taught to our schools daily. It is the primary religion in the United States, humanism and the theory of evolution. They believe in blind physical forces where there is people who get lucky, people who get hurt, no rhyme or reason, no justice, just pitiless indifference. That's it. So whenever you come across things like these in schools, this is what you've been teaching your kids. I mean, you're driving these children to, to panic. Now they would say, well, we're just teaching them the way the world is. Well, that's not the way the world is. That's your view of the way the world is. When they look around, they say there's no design to the world. How can you claim to be a scientist? We were talking about this earlier, how this person said we just need science and mathematics in school. Do you know what science is? Do you know what math is? Math is something that is absolutely consistent across the board at all points in times. Don't tell me there's no design. Mathematics itself is a design structure. Two plus two equals four. We are teaching something concrete. Don't tell me there's not a purpose. 
By using mathematics, we can do all kinds of things like build skyscrapers because we use mathematics to do it. You're telling me that there's no design and no purpose behind these things, just pitiless indifference to mathematics? What about science? How in the world do you think we do science except the fact that it's not blind physical forces? We can correctly measure. We can correctly predict how the world is going to react in certain ways. It's why we even have chemistry. It's how we know that there are designs to things because we can look at things and see what they do. Things have a purpose. Everything has a purpose and a design for what it is. It doesn't matter if you're talking about in the animals, if you're talking about the world of nature, insects, if you're talking about the, the stars up in the sky where we created calendars from them, we can navigate using them. All because, why? Because there is a purpose. Everything has a design to it. There's no pitiless indifference to these things. These people are spinning their own religion and and saying that it is education. It's not. It's not remotely education. It is absolute, deliberate religion. And their religion is pitiless. Their religion is indifferent. It has no purpose. But Christianity does. It posits a God who is in complete control. And as we said before, going back to Job, Job had the opportunity. He lost 10 children all of his wealth and his health. Had a wife, of course, who told him to curse God and die. He had three friends who sat down trying to convince him that he was an evil man. Therefore, you must have brought this on yourself. In other words, these guys believed in cause and effect. We're saying nothing happens without a purpose, without a design. These guys, Job's friends, said, well, you must be a sinner. You must have gotten sick because you're a sinner. You must have lost your children because you're a sinner. You must have lost your money because you're a sinner. All these things, obviously, we don't believe in no purpose and pitiless indifference. We know that God's in control. Therefore, we know you did something to cause all this, to bring it upon yourself. We have promises from God that he won't allow bad things to happen to you, right? The entire book of Job is about this. The entire book of Job is him sitting there going with his friends and saying, that's not the case. I haven't done terrible, evil things. Job sits there his entire time explaining to his friends how they have it all wrong. Guess what happens by the end? People think that for some reason Dawkins and others would love to sit down and accuse God. This was a guy who just lost 10 kids. All his money and his health. He just had to sit through a very long and trying argumentation with three different friends where they're constantly trying to tell him to repent how evil he is. If anybody had a chance to complain, this is the dude that could complain. But you need to read the book of Job because when his opportunity comes, Job puts his hands on his mouth and says, I was speaking about things too high and wonderful for me to understand. God actually sits him down in Job in the final chapters and said, where were you? When I founded the earth, where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did that? Who are you to give me instruction about how to run the world, you simpleton? God wasn't being mean to him. But there were things way too high for us to understand. 
and for us to understand why God allows things to happen and how in the world can everything be for our good, those people that love God and are called according to his purpose. We can't possibly understand that. We don't have the capacity to understand how tragedies can be good for us. But here's the thing. He gets to make the decision about what happens, what doesn't happen. It's a concept of sovereignty and about knowledge. We don't have the sovereignty, and we certainly don't have the knowledge. That's why there's a thing called faith. Now, people like Dawkins and others, they would find fault with God because they believe that they have the right to do so. God's not sovereign. They are. God has to explain himself, and if it doesn't sound reasonable to them, then God's at fault. They believe they have the capacity to understand the vast workings of the world and what is best and how it should operate. See, these are the two things that we're teaching here. Christians are teaching their children and their students that God is the one who understands and has all knowledge and therefore can make correct decisions about things, good and bad and everything in between. And it doesn't mean that people are, are horrible when bad things happen to them. But we don't understand all the reasons behind why everything happened the way that it did or why. And God, frankly speaking, according to Job, isn't going to sit down and explain it to us. There's got to be something we have to be okay with. And that's what Christianity is versus the others who think that they're going to put God to the test. Now, these two types of things, like I said before, Christians are not against science or mathematics. Education is, is not in conflict with religion and faith. See, everybody has religion and faith, including the evolutionists who's we've been going through their, what is their faith, what they believe is true. They have an idea about morality because they create it themselves. Now, the concept of the coronavirus and otherwise isn't something that we have to go out and panic about, but it is something that we are reasonably responsible for taking care of precautions to prevent certain things. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you don't understand that you have to take precautions. Just because God is the man in charge and does what he wants in heaven and on earth doesn't mean you're irresponsible. It doesn't mean you don't have any culpability with what you do. I mean, there are lots of laws in the Bible. One of those had to do with when you're going out to war, how are the men going to go to the bathroom? Sanitization, basic sanitization. And they're supposed to dig a hole in the ground, use the bathroom, cover it up, keep it clean. And there are lots and lots and lots of other laws throughout the Bible where God explains about the concept of sanitization. In other words, just because you have uh, religion, you have Christianity doesn't mean that you don't understand the basis of how the world works. This is God's world. So yes, contagion is a real thing. But we're saying, however, is though you have responsibilities, it is not out of control. These things are not pitiless and indifferent. What we are saying, however, is that God says, I will take the diseases away from you from certain places. People that don't obey God's commandments. Now we're getting to the root. Where religion and science meet. Ready? Religion and science meet. God tells you, thou shalt not commit adultery. No fornication. You can't go around and sleep around with whoever you want. 
You find one person, you stay with that one person, and this is God's way. Now let's take the otherwise person who says, there is no God. My sexuality is whatever I want it to be. I will do what I want, be promiscuous if I want to. I'll uh, even have relations with animals or people of the same sex or anything in between. Why? Because there is pitiless indifference and there's no rhyme or reason behind sexuality. Therefore, I'll just do whatever I think feels good. Well, we already understand from a scientific, quote-unquote, background, what happens when you're promiscuous. There are consequences. Diseases are rampant and follow you. Now, the scientific community would say, well, that's just science run amok. I'm saying people will go, well, the judgments of God are Old Testament type stuff, and they don't really happen to us now. Well, what do you think these are? Do you think that when God says he won't put the diseases of other people upon you, it's some kind of mystical, magical thing where God comes down from the heavens and strikes you personally all the time with stuff? Like what happened where God's you know, writing handwriting on the wall for Bashalzar and all the rest in the book of Daniel, these kinds of things. This is God's world. In his law, he's told you how it operates. He told you how to prosper and how not to prosper. And so the diseases that you get are personal from God, but also are built into the world. Good example, fire. Fire is hot. Fire will burn you. God created fire, and it is hot. It burns things. So if you don't follow God's laws concerning fire and fire safety— then you're going to get burned. And you are burned personally by God because he made it hot. He created the circumstances that allows fire to burn things and why it allows him to burn things. It's not pitiless indifference. It had a purpose. It was created. And if you don't obey those laws, you're going to get hurt. And God did it on purpose. If you break his laws, if you break his commandments, these things are going to happen to you. Now, that brings us back to what we're talking about here. See, the sexual laws are not just laws that you can just break without consequence. They're not happenstance and accident. And yes, if you do not violate those laws, you don't have to worry about a sexually transmitted disease at all. And remotely. If you are a Christian who finds a spouse and has relations with that person, you're not going to have the diseases that are rampant with all the other people who refuse to follow God's commandments and God's laws. Diseases, in general, don't happen by accident. But then you have the special circumstances that are outside of things that you've done. Maybe you have been healthy. Maybe you've washed your hands. Maybe you've been careful what you're doing. All the things we're saying are following what we call health regulations, scientific rules in health, and all the rest. Oh, no one's saying that you shouldn't do that. We're just saying it's not pitiless indifference. God has created these things. Viruses do multiply. They do change, but they're not accidental. They do things on purpose. God has designed these things, which is actually what frightens people, that a God would create these things, and there is no getting away from someone like that. So we have the choice whenever we're facing such issues. We can teach our children, our students, 
that these types of things, health and safety, are pitiless in indifference. And when something comes around, basically they have to be scared out of their mind because chaos is coming. You can't get away from it. There is some people who are going to get hurt. There are some people who are going to get lucky. But these are blind physical forces who you can't expect it to be anything besides no design, no purpose, just indifferent. And so some die, some don't. Oh, well. well. That's not how the Christians view things. Christians view things that all things are under control. These things are not going to come on you. And if they do, they're not by accident. There is a purpose behind all of it. The good and the bad. We don't always have to understand it. But it is the truth of what we're teaching. But the vast majority of kids today are being taught this pitiless indifference. Which causes them absolutely to to fret that their world is spinning out of control. They listen when people tell them that there is no right or wrong, no good, no evil, and therefore they decide to break the moral laws that God has because, after all, they don't exist. And then they're shocked whenever there are consequences to their actions, specifically sexual actions in particular. Where with Christians, we say, God said, don't do it. So let's move on a little bit because the coronavirus and all other viruses are not outside of control. We should certainly listen to medical and health professionals as long as they're making sense. Here in the coronavirus here in March 2020, I'm sure that this virus will kind of join the category of all the rest that have gone by the wayside. Uh, Scares we have here in America and then a month later you never hear about them again. But... How you teach them and about them reflects on what your, from the basis, what your foundational beliefs are. They can be pitiless indifference or they can be purposeful design and plan, even though you don't understand it. I'll leave that for now, but that right there hopefully gets you an idea behind these people who are ridiculous saying that children shouldn't be praying should just have science and mathematics. Christianity is not opposed to either. And the only thing that is opposed to religion is another religion. And evolution and this type of theory is what it is. A alternate hostile faith. And people like Dawkins and more are his greatest proponents. So moving on, let's jump into the next section of Preschool Pioneers. And that's our field guide. Now, that is the practical stuff that we're doing for uh, Preschool Pioneers where we're jumping from the theological side, which is kind of what I was just going over just now, to the practical side of things. So now that we are discussing things like the coronavirus and things like that, what are we doing about it? Well, first of all, there is no panic about the coronavirus, at least not where the healthcare professionals are at. They're actually quite sane. Uh, It's the media and otherwise who are insane and causing, for no reason, panic in America and around the world. The flu virus kills over 38,000 people per year, and nobody's panicking about that. But we did recently get uh, some flyers from the CDC and uh, from the health health department, of course, telling us about what we should do uh, to combat uh, this concept of the coronavirus here 
in America or if it comes to Florida, which it has a little bit. And basically it came down to, wait for it, real simple, wash your hands. If you're sick, don't touch your face. Stay home. Try not to touch surfaces and avoid people who are sick. Uh, so basically, uh, same thing they sell for general health. Clean stuff. For our school, um, protocols are real simple. We have protocols here at Grace Community School, which we've been in operation for 30-plus years, and have an operations manual, which is outlined utilizing the uh, health department and you could say also CDC guidelines. In other words, Christianity is not opposed to science. Uh, it never has been. It's only opposed to another faith and religion, which is used as a bulwarks or as a foundation to interpret science, i.e. evolution. But no, we don't disagree with health department guidelines. Prayer is not a subject for the concept of washing your hands and disease prevention. That's just ridiculous. I One guy I heard about the coronavirus, Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, held a prayer conference of some sorts uh, in his offices, and people were laughing about him, about how this is how he was going to combat the coronavirus. No, it's not. It's just we are acknowledging that we are not the ultimate uh, proponents, the ultimate people in control of these types of things. And that's what prayer is. It's understanding that man is not sovereign and in control, but God is. It's acknowledging that fact. In fact, it's the height of sanity. But we don't, obviously, we're not going to combat viruses with, um, with prayer. But we're also not going to give up prayer in, f in favor of health department guidelines. So what does the health department say as far as we think is good I, for schools to do? And if you're a school manager, operator, what, you, what should you do? Well, very simple. You should have guidelines which stipulate if a child has symptoms, they cannot come to the school. Very simple. Uh, they have to have a doctor's note. Uh, if there are what we would consider to be symptoms, you'd have to have clearance from a medical doctor or medical professional in order to have them attend your facility. Now, if a child shows sickness of any sorts while at your facility, and once again, these are general guidelines, not something that you're doing just for the coronavirus. Uh, if they show symptoms, you should be contacting parents right away. You should have a seclusion area, which can be like there in the office, or some people have a nurse's office. And uh, you should have a one-hour pickup so parents can come pick the child up. Uh, request a doctor's note so they have to go to the doctors before they can return uh, to the facility as well. And these are your typical precautions. You should also be doing training for your teachers so that they are aware of what to look for, what, uh, what things are problematic, and when to bring that to your attention. And you should also educate your parents about what your protocols are as well, very important type stuff. Because you're, you're not ever going to, and this is something the health department's always clear on, you cannot stop all sickness. You cannot stop all diseases. In fact, many diseases are um, symptomatic or uh, communicable before you see symptoms. In other words, you can pass certain things on to people before anyone realizes that you have something. And that's just a medical fact uh, of reality. And also, after symptoms subside, you, many people can still be carriers. And on top of that, you can be a carrier for certain diseases because you might have an immunity and someone else does not. And so these are just medical uh, facts that we know are true. And people uh, should follow these communicable things um, to be well aware of how to not pass them on to other people. And, of course, as Christians, we believe in the commandment, thou shalt not kill. So we are very 
health conscious, so we do not want to spread disease. And therefore, in the Bible all throughout, there are many stipulations about the uh, carefulness so we do not spread disease to other people. It's actually built into the Sixth Commandment as well. And so Christians actually are the most uh, most health-conscious people that there could be because we just don't, we're not pitiless and indifferent. If we're going to communicate it with somebody else, we don't have like a we-don't-care attitude. In Dawkins' world, you wouldn't care if someone else got sick because the world is pitiless and indifferent, and why should you? Because it's not bad to pass a communicable disease to somebody. Who cares if I compromise your immune system? Who cares if I kill you because I gave you a disease that hurts you? See, Christians are different. We have a purpose. We're not pitiless and indifferent. And see, that's the difference. That's what the religion makes all the difference in how these things are handled. In a pitiless, indifferent world, who cares if you get somebody sick? Who cares if people die? There's no reason to fight it. After all, natural courses. Let the strong survive. But we don't teach that. Only crazy people who want to teach that there is no God, who want to believe in a pitiless, indifferent world, would come up with such ideas, such hateful ideas. Christians do not have such ideas. And God does not allow us to have such ideas. So these are some of the ideas of what you should do as a school to prevent such things. Uh, When in doubt, always request doctor's notes. Always point people to medical professionals whose job it is to help with these types of things. And uh, this is the the advice that we would give for not just the coronavirus, but sicknesses in general. And your school should have policies. If you don't know what policies you should have, you should contact us. You can find our information on our website. We have two different websites we're on. One is cr101radio.com, and that's where you can find this podcast uh, episode and more. Our school also has what's called a preschool in a box, and part of that is our operations manual. And in the operations manual, we go over all this stuff. We go over about the policies you should have and what works best, what doesn't work best, and how to run a school. But health and safety are huge concerns. Uh, And as Christians, of course, uh, health and safety are are massive concerns for the same reasons we've already gone over. But if you'd like more information on our preschool in a box, or if you'd like more information about our schools, you can also check out our website at gcsapprenticeship.com, where you can actually purchase the operations manual uh, individually, or, of course, the preschool in a box. And, of course, we are looking for people who understand the need for Christian education. We're looking for people to train them. We have our apprenticeship program here in Florida. We want to train people that see the, the difference between Christian education and secular or humanistic education and the difference of outcome. We're looking for people to train those people, and we're looking for you, if that's you. So we do want to thank everybody for joining us, all of our listeners, on this episode of Preschool Pioneers. It's been, of course, hopefully enlightening to you. And we're going to have another episode very soon. Until then, stay healthy. And above all, keep the commandments. This is Jeremy Walker signing off for Preschool Pioneers.